And then I revealed what I'd done. It was a dog. I remember the dog very, very clearly. And I remembered it. And I, I suppose there was a look of, a, of, of complete uh, disbelief when they saw the picture. Hello and welcome to episode 107 of Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hi, Dad. Hi, Steve. You all right? I'm, I'm great, yeah. Getting over the Christmas period. Yes, it's all now. over now. Yeah, back in full swing. And uh, Happy New Year. Yes, and to you, Steve, and to all of our uh, listeners out there. Yeah, uh, forget that this will be going year. out live, uh, uh, this will be going out on... The first, uh, no. the second, second, yeah, second of January. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're recording this just a little ahead of time because Steve's on his way back to London again, having have an absolutely fantastic pantomime. You've you've really excelled this year, haven't you? Bums on seats, which yeah. is the important thing, and uh, I should think they've already planning next year's now because of the success of this. They are, yeah. They're already, yeah. They already announced they're, they're doing Aladdin and yeah. they're. Planning it all now, and yeah, and you're getting your brushing up on your wishy washy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that's a great part. It's a part that I've always wanted to. One of the parts that I've always wanted to do because that, that and buttons, that and buttons. Yeah, in Cinderella, I've always the first pantomime I did was Aladdin, and I wasn't wishy washy because it's yeah. the first. That was the first professional job I had. Yeah, uh, and uh, I wasn't wishy washy, but I wanted to be wishy washy. You were? Were you pong? I was Officer Pong. Police Officer Pong, that's right. Yeah, and uh, I doubled up for the genie of the lamp as well. That's right. So I had two two parts in that. But anyway, so I wanted to be wishy-washy, and then five years later... There you go. <laughs> give him a chance. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. so we're recording this before I go back. It's the last show today. And uh, yeah, I get to crack on with all of the work that we've got to do. That's right. Um, so it's good, it's good. Uh, so let's... Crack on with your questions uh, for this week. Uh, this comes from Janet. Hi, Colin and Steve. I've just finished listening to the latest podcast and I was cheering your views, uh, Colin, on the viability of pastel pencils as art. I feel that anything created by a person using any medium is art and then it is up to those viewing it to decide if it is good, whether it be viewed for technique or visual appreciation. I did eight pet portraits for Christmas presents, uh, some family and some commissioned, and the reactions have been wonderful, from, oh, that is good, to people ending up in tears as the portrait is so lifelike for them. Also, I feel that no matter how good one's work is, there is always something to learn to improve on what one knows. Keep up the movement for pastel pencil art. Great. Don't you worry. Uh, as long as there's breath in my body, I shall be uh, expanding the virtues of pastel pencil. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic medium, and I'm, I'm privileged, really, that I was given the opportunity way, way back 30 years ago now to you know, start the process off. Mm. Before, the, before I did it, I hadn't heard of pastel pencils, and uh, I, and I don't think many people have. And I know this because when I used to go around to the art groups uh, and said, uh, "How many people have heard of pastel pencils?" This was in the early days. Very, very few, if any, put their hand up. Really, didn't know what it was. Yeah, 
And these are art groups. So, I mean, these are people who are, are doing art. So, and this was early days. Now, it wouldn't happen now. Uh, I think the pastel pencil now is recognised and people have used it. A lot of um, pastel artists, you know, that use the soft pastel, they use the pastel pencil for um, just finer detail. So we kind of use it in reverse order, don't we? We use yeah. the pastel pencil, then the soft pastel. But they do it the other way around. Works well. Doesn't matter, does it? It's not important. Yeah. The, the, the you said uh, the other day when we were talking um, about it, you were saying that they used to be called charcoal color pencils. Yeah, that's right. The, there were only two pastel pencils out when I first started, as far as I know, and I think I would know that because I was dealing with manufacturers as well. Uh, and that was the Conti pencil. I think they were called pastel pencils. Um, I'm sure they were, in fact. But the Swanstabilo, Carbothello, had been around for a long time. I think it was uh, before the war they were, they were introduced as a, a medium. But they were called colour charcoal. So people really only thought there was one pastel pencil, which was the Conti. Mm. And they're a bit thicker and a bit heavier. And they do, they're not a bad pencil, I've got to say, but they do tend to scratch a bit. Mm. The, the coloured charcoal pencil, isn't, uh, isn't that interesting? Because it's like, it could almost be described as something different. That's as exactly, not what it is. Exactly. It's and quite you know, misleading. Yeah, and, and I had a fight on my hands when I first started off with Swansabilo. They said, uh, I started calling them pastel pencils. Oh, no, you don't do that. They're, they're not pastel pencils. They're colour charcoal pencils. And we'd like you to refer to them like that. And it took me a year, a couple of years, to convince them that they should be calling them pastel pencils because that's what they are. Mm. And uh, they eventually succumbed yeah. and eventually uh, called them pastel pencils. And then when the other manufacturers jumped on the band Randall Durr went for instance jumped on it next and they called them pastel pencils straight off yeah and since then they have done so I was kind of it's interesting for me right at the beginning of all of it that I had I was I was sort of instrumental in in one getting the pastel pencil started and the techniques that we use weren't used at all no one used them so that they've been invented by me uh, yeah. in the beginning now they're worldwide, the, the techniques are worldwide accepted. Uh, but in those days it weren't. So when, um, you may have told this before, but were you the only artist for Swans to Bilo doing pasta pencils? Yes, yes. And obviously you'd used pasta pencils before. How did they approach you? Ah, well, it was a show. I did. I, I've, I have mentioned this before, but I wouldn't be mentioning it again. It, it started off, I was just playing with them, really, and doing a few pet portraits on my own with no, no instruction, no help. There was no books or any, uh, any instruction at all. Uh, the Swansabilo didn't know, really, what they could do either. Um, but what happened was I took it to an exhibition in London, in Olympia. It was a trade show. And I was introduced by a friend of mine who worked for Dale Rowney to the uh, Swanstabilo stand. I was taken up to the stand. Now, bear in mind, they knew nothing about me, nothing about this. So I went up to them and said, and uh, <coughs> the chap who introduced me said, uh, oh, um, Stanley, this is Stanley Vaughan, who was the managing director. He was on the stand. I was lucky, really. And said... Um, I'd like to introduce you to Colin Bradley. He's uh, an artist who's been using the, uh, the, the Carbothello pencils. And uh, they said, oh, yes. 
And then I revealed what I'd done. It was a dog. I remember the dog very, very clearly. And I remembered it. And I, I suppose there was a look of, a, of, of complete uh, disbelief when they saw the picture. And then they looked at me and they looked at the picture again. Are you sure you actually did this picture with these <laughs> pencils? And I said, yes, I did. Goodness gracious me. Would you like to come in? So I came in. They had a little back area, um, you know, that was where they kept the stock and where they had their tea and their sandwiches, I expect. And they took me back there. He took me back there. And he, he brought all the staff in one by one from the stand to show them this picture. He said, this has been done. They were all absolutely amazed. Funny enough, as a side here, I sold that picture that I actually did there. It was a dog to one of the staff eventually they asked me uh, at a later date could you sell that to me and i did so that they got the first one of the first they, they had one one of the first well i'd been doing it for a while though before i went i mean i never thought and dreamed that i would ever be uh, you know doing anything like this but the chap from dalarani he came up and he saw what i was doing in in my gallery he said do you these are amazing and he just happened he used to work for Swan Stabilo, which was really happy, handy for me, because he knew all the, all the stuff, and he knew the Carbothella pencil, but once again, he didn't realise that they could be done. It's an amazing start. So really. Stanley Vaughan and all these other people didn't realise that they didn't... Uh, it makes you wonder why, how, what vision they had for the pencil when they created it, because it obviously yeah. wasn't what you were doing with it. No. You've got to remember, though, Swan Stabilo was a big company... Now, this was the UK branch of Swans to be low. The Carbatello was a tiny, 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 uh, in, almost insignificant product in their range. They were Boss. They still do. They still produce the Boss pens mm. and a lot of pens. And, lot, and so, and Stanley Vaughan, even after a few years of working with them, they did say to me, Colin, they will not give us the budget for for the pastel pencil they don't believe that this pastel pencil is going anywhere at all and have <laughs> i proved them wrong <laughs> that's amazing that is incredible so what what was the one of the first pictures you sold it, that you'd done in pastel pencils it was a poodle i i still remember it was a poodle i brought them back from my uh, shopping trip and i was playing with them and i got a, it was on a dark colored mount board i used and I did a poodle, a white poodle, and uh, I on, was quite pleased with dark it. On dark paper? Uh, it, uh, yes, it was on dark paper. Isn't it? I mean, I didn't know... No it's paper. the first time, yeah, the yeah. first time I'd ever used it. And no background at all. It was just put on the dark paper. And I drew it, and then I, and I liked it so much uh, that I signed it. And then I put it in the window. I put it in a little frame round it, put it in the window and sold it. Really? Yeah, sold the first one I ever did. And I thought, wow, hang on. I'll do another one. That's all right then. <laughs> so, because I, I had a shop window full of, you know, I had big, big windows in the front of our place. We've got, we had big windows in the gallery. So I filled it with all my prints and all the, the other prints we do and the antiquarian prints. And it, right in the middle was this little pastel pencil picture, which sold. And I then decided to do a few more. So I did. I did a few more cats and dogs. Then someone came in and asked me if I could do one of their pictures one of their uh, their animals 
And I oh, I don't know whether I can do that. She said, oh, please. She said, I, you know, I'm not expecting the earth, but I would love you to, I'd love a picture of Bonzo or Tiddles or whatever it was. <laughs> I can't remember, I can't remember the animal. Uh, so I did, I, I did that. And uh, they were pleased. They had the reaction that, uh, sorry, who was it, Janet? Janet. Janet, Janet had. So I was in that kind of situation at the moment, you know, at that time. And, uh, and then I developed the, I developed the pastel pencil onto the lighter colour because I wanted to put a background on. Uh, so I developed the uh, the lighter background, the engrae paper. I discovered it because that was one of the mount boards that was sold to me by the chap who introduced me to Swan Spilo. Ah, as we go back like that. <laughs> so um, he, he, he was a um, representative for Dala Rowney and Dala Rowney were making this mount board. And I used that for years and years and years, years, until they had a bust-up. I've mentioned this before on the podcast, yeah. a bust-up with Fabriano, and then we had to use the paper, which I've not looked back on because that was definitely the right move to make. Mm. Interesting. I just, uh, glad, I was glad to hear. I don't know if you have told that story before. Oh, I have, but probably I've, I've uh, expanded it a little bit. This is what we ought to do every now and again. If we get, a, we get one, I, I've skipped over it to start with, but that's padded it out a bit more yeah and there's probably more padding there but i i don't want to bore people <laughs> but that have we have we covered janet's but i mean well was, she she said to keep up the movement and yes and we are uh, but also to to janet as well to keep up absolutely i mean one of the things that she picked up on there she did the portraits and it was absolutely wonderful and i i, I think she should carry on doing it and so should everybody else have a go but there is just a little bit of a word of warning. Uh, I don't want to put a damper on any of this. But sooner or later, when you do this work, you're going to, have, you're going to come across somebody who's going to reject what you've done. It's just personalities. Mm. It's like, you know, you have done a fantastic job in your pantomime. But if one person had told you in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that have seen you, one person would have said, you're a load of rubbish. You'd remember that. Yeah. It doesn't matter if 5,000 people have said you were great. That one person is the one you remember, and that's the one that pulls you down. Now, when you're doing paintings, commissions, that's what could happen. It doesn't happen with ordinary work, because when you're doing work generally... People say, oh, yeah, I either like it or they don't, but it's not personal. But a commission is a personal thing you're doing there. Dog, cat, horse, polar bear, whatever. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, uh, so, but what's going to happen is someone's going to say, hmm, instead of the look of amazement and tears, which Janet's got, and I've had it many, many times, she's going to get someone going, oh, Hmm. Well, and that's how it starts. Yeah. And your heart sinks. Um. But be prepared; that could happen. And you've got to. If you, if I tell you now, and I think if someone had told me, and given me this advice when I first started, I would have been prepared for it to happen one day. And then when it does happen, you say, shrug your shoulders and say. Well, you know, that's only one. And get over it. Because you do get over it, no question. You do get over it. Yeah. You forget it. Uh, but it's something that uh, will happen. That should never stop you from doing it. 
if you really enjoy doing it, doing it. Uh, the other thing you could do is prepare the way. Isabel, I remember she says, she does commissions, but she mentions to people before she starts, if you don't like it, uh, you know, you don't have to have it. Mm. That kind of like prepares the way. I'm not altogether sure I would do that because you're kind of putting a negative in front of a positive. Um, but if it works for Isabel, it works. And it is a way of preparing yourself for someone's rejecting the picture. Mm. So I just thought of a word of warning. Yeah, well, it's good to prepare people just I in case. So. You, know, she, so. you know, you could go on and on and on and on. But you've got to remember the more people that do like your work and do, you can kind of like dismiss them a little bit more easy. Mm. You know, if everybody because you know you've got a lot of happy customers, yes, and it really drowns it out, doesn't it? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Janet, for that email. Uh, next one is from Robert. Hi, Colin. I recently sent you an email um, about how your subscriptions work, which I think are a fantastic deal. I have a question for you. I haven't even learned to draw yet. Would it be premature for me to learn pastel pencils? Absolutely not. Absolutely, definitely, definitely, 100% not. We give a line drawing with every one. Some people will go on and on completing the pictures on the member site ad infinitum and they'll enjoy themselves because that is the number one priority, okay? What would happen then in time, you may well think, I'd like to have a go at this myself. The square drawing system that we have is a brilliant one. Uh, this is something that I would recommend people take up. Not necessary to start off with. Start off by getting the bug and, of the pastel pencil. Because you don't really have to draw to do that. If you've got a line drawing already, you just have to uh, fill it in, colour it in. And the, the techniques that we give you and the advice and the video help that I give you is, is uh, all you need when you start off. But you will possibly... And it's more than likely, I would think, from what, uh, is it Richard? Uh, Robert. Robert has said uh, that he'll want to do his own drawing. And therefore, square drawing is great. And learning to do square drawing helps you to proportion. You see things better. A framework. You, and those frame, that framework you build up, you learn from. Gradually, you can then do square drawing and do your own thing. Or, or redraw within the framework. This is how I really started out. I started out by sort of measuring everything and getting everything in proportion, then redrawing within that framework that I'd established. That's, just, that's like stage two, if you like. Mm. Stage three will be when you can then start branching out on your own. But it's a learning process. But no, definitely, that is the case. Um, we are also uh, producing, or I'm working on at the moment, it may take a little while to get it uh, to fruition, but I'm working on a, a drawing system for people who really uh, have just started. But it's really a kind of variation on the square drawing again. Mm. But that will help people too. Mm. So, no, that's, the idea that's what is I would that say, do it. anyone can do our courses with no drawing experience that's isn't right it? Um, absolutely steve and and we what we're doing is giving someone a leisure pursuit which is a fantastic and they can sit and indulge themselves and if they carry on doing as i said with it you're just using our line drawings keep it going because you're going to thoroughly enjoy what you do shouldn't let it stop you mm. good okay thanks for the question robert 
Uh, next one is from Angela. Any ideas how to store 70 pencils? I have a tin that holds 24 and cannot obtain empty tins. Do you know anywhere, do you know anywhere that sells empty tins? Uh, yeah. No, is the question. I don't know anybody who does that. We, I wished we uh, at the Faber Cassell would actually do that. That would be great, but they don't. They used to provide a box that uh, would only take the 60 pencils, in fairness, a wooden box. Mm. I used to take it around with me on demonstrations. And I'm not sure you can get hold of those anymore. And they certainly, they did sell them at one time, but they then packed it up, so we can't get it from there anymore. You can go into art shops and get spare boxes, though. Oh, can you? Oh, yes. If you go into a good art shop, one of the bigger ones, uh, I'm not sure Hobbycraft would do it. You've got to be an art shop. See, Hobbycraft is an art and craft, so they have thousands and thousands of products but if you go to an art shop there's a couple in london uh big shops that would possibly stock that kind of thing yeah boxes. you should be able to get hold of it derwin i think do uh boxes do they i oh. think so ah well i vaguely remember we someone saying or, or looking up um i personally as you know folks i don't use boxes i use jam jars and we're looking at at the moment, and all my pencils and paintbrushes, they're all in jam, jam jars. Now, the reason I do that... Six jam jars. They're quite big jam jars, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, big and uh, got all sorts of colour. But the reason I do that is so I can see them all. And when I, when I have a project, which I, I'm going, I'm go, I start, I bring all my jam jars over and then empty them and go through them and then sift them through that way. Um, but that's me. I I have a box, but I never use it. And of course, if you want to uh, transport your pencils, if you're out and about, there's oh, things like wraps, different. wraps, and things like wraps that. Wraps are isn't great. It? Yeah, wraps um, are great. That you can you can put a selection of pencils in. I think I probably prefer the wrap to the uh, a box, to be honest, because a wrap uh, you can get up to a oh, hundred pencils in those. If, if, if uh, I'm sure I've seen them with that many. Uh, because you've got your your graphite pencils as well, and your double-ended erasers. You've got and and you can put your um, color shapers in as well. In, yeah. So you can you know you can fill it up, and you can roll it, and it's easier to keep uh, you know in a bag, mm. uh, where a box of seventy-two is quite big, yeah, and cumbersome and heavy-ish too. Okay, but wrap. Anyway, I hope that helps. Yeah, uh, me too. So the next one is from uh, Bod. And Bod says, Hi, Colin. Your work strikes me as superior. I'm wondering that if I sign up for a lifetime membership, whether I will have continued access to all of the DVDs you make after I join. Uh, I've included that because there's maybe a bit of confusion about DVDs and our videos. That's right. Because the DVDs are separate. To be absolutely honest with you, uh, I'm not knocking any of my DVDs. They're really great and they've been wonderful to me. But if you go into the member shop, you won't need them. Why would you need a DVD when you've got something like 120, 130 hours of... Well, a lot more than the DVD would give you. Yeah. And not only that, but the member site and the videos on the member site sometimes are three, four hours long. Now, you can't get a DVD that long. A DVD tends to be short and sheep, short and sharp. Yeah. Little bit of this, little bit of this, little bit of this, little bit of it, finished picture. Uh, as I say, I'm not knocking it. It's great. Uh, they've been wonderful to me. But really, if you've joined the member site, 
don't go down the DVD route. Mm. The only thing I can think of probably there is obviously a DVD you can play on your television and uh, so on. Yeah. But be honest, if you get an Apple, one of those little Apple units and you've got an iPad, you can put it on your iPad and put it on the television. Yeah. So it's the same difference. Even the same way as uh, a lot of laptops and computers have, um, you know, a a monitor or HDMI output so you can just plug from your laptop straight into the TV. Absolutely. Yeah. And watch it. Watch can can you see any benefit from it? I mean, where's, where's the benefit from a DVD? Well, I think uh, the DVD... Member site. Uh, I think some people think the DVD is sort of a, a toe in the water. You know, sort of, I'll get a DVD and I'll see how I get well, on. Uh, um, okay, that's fair enough. But uh, for £11.99, they can have one month membership and they can have plenty of toes in lots and lots of waters there. Yeah. And I, I think it's uh, that people aren't necessarily familiar with the idea of a membership site and video streaming and all that's this right. kind of thing. No, that's true. Not, not yet. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the other side, flip side to that question is, uh, Bod may have been referring to the DVDs as the videos on the member site, in which case you will get access when you sign up to the member site to that's any right. future projects Absolutely. that are added. Absolutely. So I wasn't quite sure, but I, I no. hopefully cleared that up. Well, I hope so, yes. And uh, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure you have. Um, I, w- I won't be making any more DVDs, ever. No. There's no need to now, because people have got the access, the wonderful access. The iPad is revolutionised it all, hasn't it? I love it. I, I sit down with my iPad, not just the, my, you know, checking my work, but uh, other people's and, uh, and the films and so on. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So it's better than a... Little D, I used to have a DVD, a portable DVD recorder, yeah, which I used to do the same sort of thing with. But my golly, the iPad's far superior to that. Yeah, good. Okay, well, thanks for that question. Uh, that's all the questions we've got for this week. If you've got a question, then send it through to us um, by going to our website, colinbradleyart.co.uk, and there's a contact us button at the bottom. Uh, also page at the top that you can click on contact and fill out the form and send your questions yeah. Keep on coming in um we hope everyone keeps up the past pencil movement as we are here uh we've got quite a lot of reaction about that podcast good and fly the flag folks because uh, the more people and tell all you show it off if you're in an art group good show it off say look be at, proud look of what it i'm doing yeah. yes you you should be and uh, Ignore anybody who says, that's not art, call that art, that's a drawing. Oh, no, it ain't. Oh, no, it isn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? Sir? Yeah, I know, I know. I'm still in the mode. Um, okay, great. The next project uh, worth mentioning that's coming up is The Tulips. It's a oh, still life project. When's that coming, Austin? Uh, very soon after this podcast airs, I think. Oh, great. Well, that's great. You'll love this. I hope you like this. We've had to, I've had a lot of people have said to me, uh, I want some more flowers, please. And I did do the poppy, but that's not really a vase of flowers. The vase of flowers that we did was very popular. Mm. This one is kind of halfway between a lovely, gorgeous vase of flowers, like the other one, and half contemporary it's got a little bit of it has actually a kind of contemporary feel about it so i think we're going to we're going to ha- pick up a few people here that are looking at something a little bit more stylistic yeah 
That was, that's what I, that's the word I would use. And I deliberately went out for this. But interestingly enough, um, when I did this picture, I found the vase on the internet, just the vase. That's all it had. Then I thought, right, I want something to put in it. And I fancied putting tulips in it. And I found uh, three tulips. They were all red. And I thought, no, I don't want all red tulips. So I think you've got one red and two yellow, haven't we? No, yeah. Or something like that. Uh, and then so I changed the colour of the tulips. And then the background, I thought, right, now I want to give an impressionistic kind of background to this rather than, you know, like the vase of flowers that had lots and lots of colour. This one's got a um, like a little glow behind at the base of the, the um, vase uh, where it's standing on a, just an ordinary grey, I think it's grey table, I can't remember now. I'll have to review it. Uh, and a, a very kind of background, a lovely background, a very... very 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 impressionistic problems in the word it's it's stylistic i would say it's just it's a really attractive picture i hope you all like it that's a lovely one for your wall listeners definitely lovely one to hang up i think so oh yes it's a it's a hang on the wall job oh definitely yes it's it and i would do it um the size that i'm giving you on the i do it that size as well it's not quite a four size but it's bigger than a. It's got to be bigger than a five. It's got to be a four, but slightly smaller than a four. And when you put it in a frame, it's going to look gorgeous. Mm. Good. Okay. I, I'm sure they'll like it. It's. Uh, I mean, apart from all of that, we're looking at the appearance of it. But the actually, it's great to do. It's a lovely picture to do. Mm. Lots of red, yellow. This is. We were talking um, a few podcasts back about color. Uh, I'm introducing colour. The puffing was the one of the. I think that was the first one I did that I thought, God, I really must do more colour. And this is uh, one of those. And the, over the next uh, few months, you're going to see a lot of colour, folks. Yeah. Good. Okay. So we hope you all enjoy that. Look out for that uh, coming up over the next few days. Uh, that'll be live on the website. And um, that's it. Yep. Oh well. Enjoy your new year. Yes, and, uh, happy you know, new year and, to everyone, and uh, yeah, we've got lots, lots of exciting things coming. Yes, well, you've got a very, very, very hard job on your hands because you've got dozens of uh, editing jobs to do. <laughs> I have got your, lots of editing. Your acting to do. has taken over over the last couple of months, hasn't it? So That's now right. You've got to get get your finger out, catch up, catch before up before the you. acting starts up again. Yeah. again, you've got a very busy year on that too. I know. My goodness, man! I know. What a busy man! It's going to be great. A busy and a happy man, I would say. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so thanks everyone for listening. I'm Steve Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy Enjoy your week. week.